Welcome to the Stock Music Licensing Podcast, the number one resource for creating passive income selling stock music online. I'm your host, Daniel Carrizales, and I'm here to help you monetize your compositions. All right, welcome to episode 99 of the Stock Music Licensing Podcast. As you can hear in the background, I'm by the beach. Another special episode that I wanted to record in a special place. I've done a few episodes here by this beach, and it's called Carazona Beach, by the town where I live in Nafplio. And I decided to just do a second part of this wonderful topic of overwhelm. If you missed uh, the previous episode, which is episode uh, 98, go and listen to that first episode where I'm talking about overwhelm as a music composer, and in general, really, overwhelm. Now, as I am doing this walk through this uh, beautiful beach, now it's low season, so there's nobody around apart from a few locals and still a few caravans and a few tourists um, are still hanging out. As I am recording this episode, we're in the middle of uh, October. A beautiful, beautiful day. Weather over here, obviously, is amazing. A few people having a swim. Uh, I should join them actually, but I'm not ready. <laughs> I didn't bring my swimsuit. And I gotta tell you something about overwhelm. Uh, today has been already a very overwhelming day for me. I'm recording this episode. Uh, the time is 11.30 in the morning. And I already feel like it's the longest day ever. Obviously, I've been awake since uh, 5 o'clock in the morning. I went for my uh, early morning run. And so many things have happened. <laughs> and it's not even lunch hour already. Okay, it's not even lunch hour. So today I want to talk to you about not only overwhelm as a composer, which is the reason why you're tuning in to this episode. And it's everything that has to do with being a musician, a composer, a producer that wants to work online. That wants to make money with their music online by selling it on royalty-free libraries on stock libraries, subscription libraries. This is what I do. This is what I love to do. This is what I teach. Uh, and, and I have a passion for, for music composition and creation. And obviously, I have a passion for earning money with my music and treating it as a business. And this is why I hope you're here for. I hope that you're here listening to this episode. If this is your first episode ever to come across this podcast, go and listen to all the other 98 episodes on various topics of, of music licensing and mindset, inspirational stuff about music making, composition, and everything that you need in order to get yourself where you want to be. And that's a good question to ask yourself as you're listening to this, and as you're listening to the water here by the beach in the background. What, what do you want to do with your music? Where are you right now? your musical journey as a composer, as a musician, as a producer? What's your background? Where do you want to go? Where do you see in the next five years? Five years might seem a little bit overwhel overwhelming. Can't even pronounce the word pro uh, properly. But overwhelm is the theme of this episode. And, and I started this conversation about overwhelm because a member in the SML Mastermind community started a conversation about that. He's transitioning into going full-time 
as a musician, as a composer, and producing a lot of music. And quite quickly, I realized that we can end up doing just music and really not leaving the house or feeling overwhelmed by too much composition. Uh, and it, overall, it's not really good to be in front of the computer sitting down all the time. It's, it's definitely not healthy. As much as I love to make music and, and I work online, and I've been working from home for years before it was <laughs> before it was even that it was something um, I wouldn't say fashionable, but something that I was consider an option uh, after the pandemic. If there's anything positive after 2020 and, and coronavirus, is the ability for the world to to finally realize in a small uh, shift in, in the way we we see working. And finally, it has become almost like an alternative and almost a real thing to work from home. So for those uh, of you who were fortunate enough to navigate 2020 and actually transition into a situation of working from home, Zoom calls and all of that, you know, you, you can definitely see that it is possible to do it. It's not only possible, it's a way as, uh, for companies and, uh, you know, to just save money, really. Uh, office space, uh, some of you, if that's you, probably you even realize that you can be even more productive from home. There's a lot of talk about this online, by the way. There's a lot of arguments online as well about this topic, saying that actually it's not a good thing because people are overwhelmed. You can't work from home because there's way too many distractions. If you have a family, you have kids, forget it. Uh, you know, you can't do Zoom calls and, you know, you have your pets in the background or kids storming in into the room. But because of 2020, this has become almost like acceptable and say, don't feel overwhelmed. Okay, we, can, you, we understand that you're all in lockdown and you can work from home. We're going to do a Zoom call talking about whatever it is that you need to talk about. Uh, a meeting about a meeting. That's very common in corporate America. Let's do a meeting about a meeting, so we can discuss what, what so we can discuss what we're going to be talking in the meeting. That in itself, it already sounds overwhelming. Now I'm going with I'm going somewhere with this conversation, by the way. So so working from home like this is is overwhelming. Yes, it is. Of course, it is overwhelming. Even for me, uh, over the years, I have I've had to adapt. To, to what it is to work from home, being a, a stay-at-home dad. And, and and I do consider myself a stay-at-home dad, but now my wife is a stay-at-home mom <laughs> as well because she's still working from home after a year and a half, you know? And uh, we are both have been working from home. We work together in our, in our business, and our business is uh, stock music licensing. She has uh, slowly uh, just been part of, of, of that, of that business, of what it is to to do what I do, which is content creation, podcasting. Obviously, I do everything, but she takes care of everything else. Like I have mentioned to you, she takes care of uh, uh, the website, um, anything that is tech-related and, and the front uh, when it comes down to the online presence, uh, it, she takes care of it. You know, she takes care of uh, a lot of the admin work. 
She takes care of a lot of uh, anything that has to do with taxation and the Greek system of me being uh, self-employed. So uh, she takes care of all of that. And, and it's a big job, to be quite honest. I'm so happy to be working with her and have her as my, how can I say, my partner in, in working in this uh, thing that just happened almost by accident, really. The only reason why I started doing uh, YouTube videos is because I love YouTube. I love video making. I love uh, home movies. I love anything that has to do with videos. I've always been fascinated by that. Even before there was YouTube, I've always been fascinated about the fact that people can just have like a camcorder of some short and, and have movies and documenting stuff. It just There's something about it. My dad was a photographer, rest in peace, and a very successful one. And he was into that medium of photography. Uh, but I, did re I do remember him in the early 80s as well, having like some type of camera while we were living in uh, Canada. And he was recording, did some home movies of us when we were kids. Fascinating stuff. So I've always been uh, fascinated about that. So when YouTube came about, I was really fascinated that you can just find all kind of content. And when I first got started, I just said like, well, I'm following a lot of people I really like. I wonder if I can document my journey some, some, somehow and have it somewhere where it starts to grow uh, as a body of work in terms of a video format, not knowing what, where is that gonna take me? And then slowly it became what it became. I started first, uh, it was a way for me to, to share my music, to get some more clients. And that's how my YouTube uh, journey started. And the rest is history, really. I've changed the name of the YouTube channel uh, to Stock Music Licensing. Uh, acquired the domain, stockmusiclicensing.com, and built a whole brand around it in a way of helping others that want to do the same thing because it was a natural evolution. So my wife has entered the picture in order to help with that when it comes down to, to anything about building a website, stuff that it will just, I, first of all, I don't have the time to do that. And, and I guess I will get so overwhelmed about dealing with WordPress plugins and whatnot. And it, that's, that's another skill altogether that I don't have. Can I learn it? Yeah, probably. But I don't have the time to learn WordPress and how to set up a website. I have a vision for it and I have a vision of like, I know what needs to be done and what can work and what not, but uh, you know, we all need help from time to time in order to accomplish our, our dreams and goals. And, and I'm very fortunate to have my wife as, as part of this uh, wonderful team that we, we are together uh, doing this thing. And now that she works from home, she still has her day job. She's an editor, funny enough, and she edits. She doesn't edit my, my videos. She doesn't edit my, my podcast either. I do all the heavy lifting. But she does uh, any editing that has to do with uh, if, if I'm going to write something that doesn't make sense, which most of the times it doesn't. I'm, I'm dyslexic. And, and, and I, I'm proud to say that because a lot of successful people are very dyslexic. So whenever I, I find another story of somebody that is uh, dyslexic, I just uh, jump immediately 
and say, there you go. And, and I guess there's different levels of dyslexia. I think I have a very mild one. Uh, but anyways, you know, when you get overwhelmed, you definitely need to either slow down or ask for help when it comes down to certain things that you want to do. So that's number one. And my wife, like, as I mentioned, he's, she's working from home. So we're both working from home. So that's overwhelming. Um, I need to do my music. I don't need to do it, but it is, it's, it's what I do. So doing the music from home, doing the content creation as well from home while raising the kids as well. I try to keep some type of balance, which really balance is just another word that has been uh, thrown around in the online world about how to find balance while either work-life balance and so on and so forth. And obviously, if you have a day job, it's, it's very easy to, to find that balance. While you're at work, you're at work. That's it. Most likely, you're just immersed in that world. Can't wait to leave. And hopefully, 5 o'clock will come sooner rather than later if you're doing a 9 to 5 kind of schedule. And then the weekends. And then if you're fortunate enough to work weekends, not everybody... Sorry, if you're fortunate enough to, to have a weekend off, not everybody has weekends off. A lot of people that work Saturdays and Sundays and might have like either Tuesdays and Wednesdays off or whatever. So, so that's a way of, uh, of a lifestyle and that obviously brings its own challenges when it comes down to how can you cope with a day-to-day -day life and, and how can you really deal with that and not feel overwhelmed by life, not feel, oh, you know, that it's just too much, you know. And as, as a musician, composer, if you want to take your music really serious and, and do something out of it, you can feel very overwhelmed if you want to really uh, do something with it and say, okay, first of all, where do I find the time? Time is really important. Free time available because you have responsibilities, other day jobs, family, everything. Your mindset might be in a, where it's not... Not probably you probably don't have the right mindset when you want to do the music. Maybe this is something that happens earlier on, actually. So you're at work and maybe you are uh, feeling inspired, okay, at that moment, but you're at work and you say, like, Wow, I just had this idea for this amazing track or this melody or this chord progression, but hey, I'm at work or I'm commuting. I wish I was back home in the studio just doing this thing. By the time you get home, it's already too late, you know not been there for sure uh, it's really frustrating to be like that and then obviously this becomes a habit this becomes almost like uh, your day-to-day -day life trying to to chase that melody that chord progression that beat you know that idea that you had earlier in the morning while you're commuting somewhere but then when you get home it's gone you know I've been there so many times that's why I, I am a true believer of routine I am a true believer of setting up a side time somewhere and commit to that so you can really uh, take the best out of your time. And those uh, moments of inspiration that you might have throughout the day, actually try to compress that and try to use that in your time, in your schedule. I know that you cannot, uh, how can I say this? I know that you might not be able to control those sudden rushes of inspiration and ideas but if you commit to a schedule if it's going to be you know 
late at night or early in the mornings or three times a week or in the weekends whenever you have time to do your music, at least somehow your brain gets ready for that time. And somehow when you sit down and start working on something, you will feel inspired. That's why I believe that inspiration comes afterwards, not before. Even though you might feel inspired in this very moment, you might listen to something I said or you might be seeing something and you said I got an inspiration about something, about a core progression or whatever, you can still manufacture this feeling, okay? And you can almost uh, tap into that idea if you can actually just create uh, a working space, uh, a time as well for that work to happen. And really, it's almost like meditation, if you will, you know? Can you have a meditation while you were walking without having your eyes closed? Of course. You can have a meditation uh, while you're working out. You just get into the zone and you manufacture that zone. You manufacture that mindset by, by the workout, by the exercise. I believe it's the same with the music. And because I'm a musician, you know, I, I play an instrument. I know that the more I warm up, the more I play my instrument, the more I'm practicing, I get into the zone. And then I get into that flow where I'm not thinking about what I'm playing. I'm just flowing. With a, with a groove of the track, with a groove of what I'm playing with my instrument. And I just let go. Once you learn to let go, then other things start to happen. And, and that's what we're aiming for, okay? We're aiming for that specific moment of I feel something, you know? And time seems to stop and, and then you just create something. And that certainly can be uh, created out of thin air from the ether, if you have uh, certain things in place, like a, a working uh, space, your studio, your laptop with your headphones or whatever, and no distractions, commit to a, to a schedule, whatever works for you better, and then just show up, you know? I mean, 90% of success is just showing up. That's it. If you manage to show up and turn on your gear and sit down, even if you don't feel inspired, you can still create something great. That's my, my belief because I have, I have done that, you know. I don't believe in writer's block. I don't believe in, in, in many things when it comes down to creation. I just believe in procrastination. Did I just say it right? I believe that musicians and people in general, I'm not just going to put musicians and composers in this bucket. But people in general, they just are afraid. They procrastinate. They really are afraid to, to lose. They're afraid to be embarrassed. They're afraid to, to do something wrong. They're afraid of uh, putting themselves out there. And, and that fear is real. It's a real fear. And you have to learn to walk through that fear. You need to walk through that door. And listen, I'm, I'm, I'm talking here to the camcorder, this handy camcorder right now. And there's a few tourists around me. There's a few locals as well. Not a lot. Uh, by the way, go to Instagram so you can see the pictures of me recording this episode. And I have done this before. You know, uh, I don't really care what people think of me. If they think I am some kind of loony walking up down at the beach talking to a microphone. Uh, all I care about is me putting down this episode. Uh, and to, to be quite honest, today was a kind of overwhelming day that 
I said like, wow, I want to record my podcast. This is what I have. This is one of the activities of today. I always say that I have three activities throughout the day that I need to do. Uh, or that I put on my plate, okay, so I don't feel overwhelmed. And this is one of them. It's the podcast, and I really beat myself down if I don't accomplish it because I only have three. So I already have accomplished two of them. Now this is the third one. And they're all very, very important. It's not like one is less important than the other. I just need to get down and, and do it. And I was telling my wife, like, well, Wow, it's 11 already, and by now I thought I was going to be done with my podcast episode and everything. But I still need to record my podcast episode, and I need to do this before lunch hour because it's a very important thing. So those three activities that I have on my plate for today, and today is Wednesday, 13th of October as I'm recording this, uh, I need to, to accomplish those three uh, main activities and goals by uh, lunch hour and for me lunch hour is one o'clock that's the time I go and pick up my daughter from kindergarten Melina I go and pick her up one o'clock and then from there it's just slowly try to disconnect you know we have lunch after lunch well before lunch at uh, 1.15 my daughter Feather comes home we all have lunch together and, and I'm forever grateful that we can all eat together lunch every day. It's not doesn't just happen on a Sunday, you know, when everybody's off. I just feel very fortunate to have created this lifestyle. I've been at home with my kids, with my wife, working from home. My wife can cook every day. And, and we eat all together as a family every single day. So my, my daughter comes from school, Fedra, and we all eat together. And, and it's a wonderful thing. But then after that, it's, you know, slowly start to decrease the, the amount of work that I can do, at least like really hardcore work and that it needs all of me. Like, for example, this podcast, I need to be somewhere where it's quiet and I need to be in the zone. And that zone, I recreated that zone. You know, I create that zone. If like, if I can't make it at home, I do it outside. And I do it outside not only because of that, I do it outside because as well I want to do something different and I want to be a little bit more original. I have seen people doing podcasts even with their mobile phone outside. Obviously, the, the audio quality is, is crap to say the least. So I have this very expensive cam, uh, Zoom um, handy recorder when I say expensive, it's around three to four hundred uh, euros, and you know I I can use this to do you know like field recording, like samples and things. I've I've certainly done that in the past, and but I don't use it that much, you know. I don't go uh, to do a lot of sampling outside in nature, and maybe I should do that. But I, because I have this gear and I, and I like to use everything that I have to the max and say like, well, if I have something, I'm not using it. I feel very, you know, it's a waste, man. You know, I should definitely use it. So I thought to myself back in the day when I started doing the podcasting, how about if I do some, some episodes outdoors and have me, you know, going into a flow like I'm doing now, walking and, you know, I live by the sea. You can hear the calming waters in the background. 
there's a, a small road here. You, that's why you listen to, as well, you hear a lot of cars passing, not a lot, uh, some cars passing by that are coming to the beach to have a swim. And it just gives you a different context as well of me doing the, the episode like this instead of a, a sterile audio, just me in the studio and always be become the same thing. So, you know, when I do my, my podcast episode and, and the, the three daily activities, like I said, that I have put myself to accomplish every single day, uh, today was one of those days and I said, like, okay, I have this music track that I was working, great. I have recorded a little bit of a vlog that I need to edit later on, but at least the heavy lifting has already been done, you know? And then I said, like, wow, I need to do the podcast. And I already had the idea that I wanted to do it outside, so it's no, no, not a problem. But check out this, so you can get an idea of uh, what happens on a day uh, like today. And, and how can I feel as well overwhelmed by life itself. So today, I get up at 5. I go for my daily run. And come back from, uh, home around 7. Get ready to feed Melina. Uh, and get her ready to go to kindergarten uh, and just be available you know I, i'm heavily involved with uh, my kids as you know and heavily involved as a parent and you know by eight o'clock in the morning we're we're out of the house uh Fedra, we go with Fedra. she's old enough to go to school by herself and she does but we all go as a family because it's so close to the house and we just drop her there so it's uh, Melina, my wife, me, and Fedra. And we're going and we drop Fedra to school. Say, have a nice day. And, and I go with, with, with them, you know. We all go together. And, but certainly we don't need to do that because Fedra can go by herself. And, and she does come back home by herself as well, obviously. I want to teach her independence. Where we live is a very safe place. It's a nice environment for kids to grow up. Uh, school is literally next door with where, where we live. The same with Melina's uh, kindergarten. So after that, we go and drop Melina to her kindergarten. It's a good thing for Melina to see her sister going to school. And then it's her turn to go to school as well. And that's what we do every day. So I do that by 8. And then by 8.30, I come back home. Well, not 8.30, I'm lying. It's right there. So it's like 10 past 8 at the most. Uh, my wife goes for her one-hour walk. At that time, she does it a little bit later after we drop the kids to school and I, I head home. And then uh, what I've been doing is that I, I get right to work immediately. So I recorded a video, a quick vlog video, and uh, you can go and watch it. And it's a vlog video. As I am recording this, uh, I don't know what title I'm going to put to that vlog video, but uh, literally it's just a snapshot. Uh, snapshot of uh, early morning in, in my life and really what I'm talking about in that video is about the, the most difficult part of of doing music licensing and doing anything really and that is getting started you know that's the most hard part that's the, the hardest part is to get started you know for me waking up in the morning is very early is the hardest part but if I do that if I can get my ass out of bed at five in the morning then that's a win. I have accomplished a win, a small win. I just got up early. It's dark, you know, but I have won a little victory right there. Then after that is obviously 
staying awake and then leave the house and then go and do some exercise, get my blood pressure or my heart rate, I should say, to where it needs to be. And so that's another victory. By the time I get home, I'm in the right mindset, right frame of mind to, you know, target the day, to uh, attack the day, and I'm, I'm available for my kids. And I have already brainwashed myself, if you will, with a podcast episode, with an audiobook, anything to just raise my vibration to a higher uh, state, if you will. I do believe in vibration. I believe that sound it is obviously vibration, but we as human beings, uh, we, we vibe, <laughs> you know. There is such a thing as a law of vibration. And I don't want to go to woo-hoo here, but uh, I do talk about mindset, inspiration, and at times, yes, you can say law of attraction, even though it sounds a little bit um, funny for to most. But the law of attraction is actually a secondary law. The law of vibration is the first law. Because you, as a human being, have a vibration. We emit vibrations. And there's a whole study on this, by the way. I'm not going to talk about it here on this podcast. But I do believe in this. And if we are in a bad mindset, we are just... uh, We resonate with certain bad things. And you can check this, by the way. In your own your own convenience by being in a negative state of mind by being in a low vibration mental vibration and see how negativity and negative things uh, are attracted to you and how you can how you are in tune with that vibration so if you play an instrument like the guitar or piano or any instrument for that matter you can see how vibration and tuning an instrument as well and how it resonates with a tuning fork, for example, if you know what a tuning fork is, and how, if you've ever seen somebody uh, tuning a piano as well, it all comes down to vibration, and it all comes down to being in tune with that vibration and resonance. Okay, so what does this have to do with anything, Daniel? You might say you're turning a little bit uh, love attraction guru, and I'm going with something here. So by 8 o'clock, by 8.30 now, I'm recording my vlog today. And that video, like I said, I haven't put a title yet, so I can't really say to you, go and watch that video. But most likely I will title it something like The Hardest Thing to Do as a Music Composer or Why Getting Started is the Most Difficult Thing as a Music Composer. And this video is going live uh, later on today on a Wednesday so you will see that and and I'm talking about that I'm showing how I, I get get home you know after dropping my kids from school and then I'm doing this video and then everything seems to be um, on schedule all right so my wife comes back from her her walk I'm already you know the, the studio's already on. I'm ready to rock and roll to do my music. I'm going to edit my video later on. I will do the podcast episode as well. Uh, and everything is supposed to be on schedule. Well, as soon as my wife comes back from her walk, the phone rings. And it's the kindergarten where Melina is. Obviously, we live in times of coronavirus. So nowadays, when kids have even a little bit of a cough or a runny nose, God forbid, 
you know they call home so we can go and pick them up keep in mind that she's three so if you have kids you know that kids when they're three they are just they have you know runny nose all the time especially when they start school you know they are always coughing you know and i'm talking about something that is a healthy thing you know, it's meaning that kids can be very healthy, but as soon as you send them to kindergarten, that's it, man. Forget it. It's going to be fever. It's going to be a little bit of a cough. It's going to be a little bit of um, runny nose. And, and that's the way it is when you have kids. Obviously, now in this day and age, they, they don't accept anything, okay? Even if she has a little bit of a cough because she had a little bit of a, you know, boggy, so whatever. And... And in all fairness, she was crying in the morning. She got a little bit upset right before we dropped her to school. Nothing dramatic here. She's three. She's supposed to cry from time to time about things. It's all within the scope of, uh, of a normal kid. But they call. And th this is not the first time, by the way, that they call to the house and say, oh, she's a little bit funny. She has a little bit of a cough. You need to come and pick her up. So me and my wife were like, what the hell again? You know, this happened last week. It's like, she's fine. You know, she's not, she doesn't have anything that is going to make other kids ill. If anything, kids at this age, they need to get ill a little bit so they can build their immunity. Uh, she's been to the pediatrician. The pediatrician has seen her both, our private uh, pediatri pediatrician and the pediatrician in the school. You know, so they know it's perfectly fine, but they're following this weird rules and protocol about that when kids even kids as young as three years old even if they have a little bit of a cough or a runny nose they need to be sent home that's just ridiculous so we go to the school pick her up <sighs> my wife says don't say anything don't start talking obviously i go off you know and i we even call the headmaster we can't go into the school either you know it's all this is all happening by the door and listen, if you've been following me and you know what type of personality I am on YouTube and even here on this uh, podcast episode, you know that I'm a quite reasonable guy. Uh, I'm not a violent person whatsoever. I don't disrespect people either. I consider myself a reasonable human being. But whenever I encounter certain things that are just so bunkers, to say the least, I just can't help myself, you know, to just ha have something to say. It's something that I have exercised since I was a kid. I'm an introvert by nature, and I told you already that I'm dyslexic. I'm very quiet. When I was a kid growing up, I was really quiet. I never spoke in, in class. I never raised my hand to speak in, in class. But whenever something is really uh, wrong, there's an injustice, I feel like saying something. I have a word that I that I want to you know say. I want to exercise that right of expression. So my wife says, "Don't say anything. Don't go ape shit." She knows how I am. But when I get there, we're like, "Well, listen, what's going on?" They bring her immediately. Like, "Oh yeah, she's just you know, we we heard her coughing once." And I'm like, "Are you taking the piss?" We already told you that she was a little bit funny last week, and we kept her home for a whole week. But now she's fine, but, you know, she still has a little bit of something, uh, you know, residual or whatever, you know, leftovers, if you will, from last week. But she's perfectly fine, you know. She just has a little bit of uh, boggy still, 
uh, but they're not like running. There's not something that you say like you need to keep the kid at home, you know? She wants to come to school. She's perfectly fine. And they say like, well, you know, the rules and according to the new, uh, you know, protocol about this. And I'm like, listen, last year she was smaller and she was going to another school, okay? So this is a new school that she's going now, but they're both the uh, same type of public school. And here in Greece, it's perfectly normal to, to, to send your kids to, to these public schools. There's, there's private schools as well, but it's the same kind of like uh, thing, you know? We have sent our kids to both uh, private and, and public schools. So, but it's the same kind of like treatment to be <laughs> quite honest. There's not much difference. So if you want to pay for private education, at least here in Greece, uh, you're going to get public education just more expensive. No disrespect, I have friends who are teachers themselves, so... And, and, and you know I love Greece, by the way. So... We, we have a conversation with this with her teacher. It's not even her teacher, it's just her minder there because she's in kindergarten, isn't it? And we say, but she's fine. I don't even hear her coughing as we're talking. My wife, very politely, she's really, obviously, more polite and more... You know, she's the mother. She's like, listen, I don't agree with this. You've been calling me now like two or three times for the last week, telling me to come here and pick her up because she she coughed once or she had a little bit of, she sneezed, God forbid, once. And somehow they, you know, I mean, kids at this age, that's what they do, isn't it? Especially now that it's gonna, it's, it, we're in autumn. Slowly winter's gonna come in and then, you know, everybody has a cough. Everybody has a little bit of a runny nose. So what's the deal here? I mean, are you telling me that the other kids inside the kindergarten, they're not coughing and, and sneezing? Don't tell me that they're all, uh, you know, miahara, like we say here in Greece, like they're perfectly fine. So we weren't happy with that. And the lady called the, the minder, said, like, well, if you want to talk to the headmaster, to the person that is in, in <laughs> the, the head of the, the school, of the kindergarten, you know, I can call her. And then she comes, of course. At this point, I'm already boiling. My blood is already boiling. And this old lady comes, who's the headmaster of the kindergarten, very defensive immediately. And I just go, right, you're going to have a piece of the Carrizales shuffle right now. And, and I just gave it to her. I said, like, listen, I'm not happy. My wife was a little bit embarrassed. I wasn't being disrespectful, okay? But I, I do play with, uh, with what's the borderlines of social, um, how can I say this? It's not disrespectful, it's just going like, listen, I know what to say, and I know that I'm, I'm not being violent either, by the way. I'm a very, like I said, I'm a reasonable person. But you're going to hear from me, you know? You're going to hear a little bit of what I have to say. Mind you, I'm doing this in Greek, <laughs> in a foreign language, by the way. So it sounds a little bit... Uh, it sounds weird a little bit. I know Greek, I can talk myself, I can talk myself out of situations in Greek, and I can defend myself in Greek. And I have done this many times. And if you've ever been here to Greece, and if you're Greek yourself, you know that Greeks here, and in most Mediterranean countries, are really passionate, they're really emotional, all right? I grew up in Venezuela, so I understand that very, very well. And I can communicate, okay? And I can communicate in the Greek vibe, getting very passionate. I mean, if you come to Greece and you see people talking uh, over a coffee or something, and you might, you might think that they're fighting, and they're just talking about, I don't know, football or how the weather is not... You know what I mean? That they're just disagreeing on something that is just so 
so stupid and you from if you're a foreigner and you're looking from far away you think like wow they're fighting they're about to the fight is about to kick off and it's not okay so that kind of communication i understand and i tap into that whenever i need to make my my point across you know obviously my wife what do you think she thinks she doesn't want to be close to me <laughs> next to me when i when i act like that because i'm behaving like other greeks you know, just going all passionate. You know, Italians are like this. Spanish people are like that. You know, Greeks are like that. Any Anybody that lives in a Mediterranean country is very passionate and they just go and start talking, you know, loud and they just start talking, you know, with passion. Uh, in this moment, this morning, I wasn't talking loud, but I was talking with passion and making my point across to the headmaster. Say like, this is ridiculous, man. What the hell are you doing? And obviously, what, what kind of response do you think I got? the classic response that you get from somebody that works in a school, in a public school, that is jaded, all due respect, you know, not a lot of energy there as well. Like, listen, I'm just here following what I've been told, which I understand. And and I'm like, well, so what's going to happen with my daughter? I'm not bringing her tomorrow then, I guess. And probably I'll see you, I don't know, in June. Because that's what happens with kids. One minute they ha they're fine, next minute they have a little fever at that age, you know? So I just gave her a little bit of my Carrizales vibes. <laughs> and, and this is where I want to get to. I, I felt like I was just in tune with her vibes, which were negative. As soon as I saw the lady coming out, the headmaster, I'm like, oh shit. And I tuned into that immediately because I was ready for it, man. You know, and my wife gave me the cue of like, don't say anything. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm like a fucking gun ready to just be fired, you know, pull the trigger. And you're, uh, the, the, the fury has been unleashed. That's it. There's no turning back. I, again, I'm not being disrespectful. I'm not disrespecting this lady or anything. But I'm just making my point across as a concerned parent and say, we know that this is bullshit, man. We know that you're following certain protocols and stuff, but at least have the balls to say to me, like, listen, I'm a jaded old lady taking care of all these kids, 30, by the way, 30 kids is not a lot, and they have different classrooms. It's a small school. It's a small kindergarten, man. And, you know, I have no passion for this whatsoever. I'm just doing what I'm told. I understand that your kid doesn't have anything, but you need to take her home. Maybe try to call us tomorrow and maybe bring her. So, but we don't get that, man. We get this uh, robotic uh, lecture on what the new rules. And I'm like, listen, last year, she was going to another kindergarten, all right? She was much smaller and she spent the whole year, like other kids, coughing and sneezing. They never called us, not even once, to say, come and pick her up. That was last year, all right? In 2020, man. When the whole thing has kicked off, you know, uh, the global pandemic had kicked off, and they closed schools, they reopened them, they closed them, they reopened them, you know? So what's going on now? She's older. She's much, you know, as the kids grow older, they, they become more immune to, to this kind of thing. They recover quickly, actually. But she didn't, she didn't like the, the way I was, what, what I was saying, which is the truth. The problem with people is that once you start talking to them with the truth, man, you better be prepared to defend yourself and defend your cause and your message because people are just going to go off. And, and like I said, I was at the same vibration as this lady 
And as soon as I opened my mouth, she went off immediately. And because I knew that that was gonna be the case and I was ready for it. And I just went off. My, my wife with her shoulder, uh, with her elbow, sorry, uh, <laughs> hitting me next to me and saying, can you please stop now, don't go there. I told, you know, like just being very polite. It's just ridiculous, man. I mean, imagine that. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm wearing a stupid mask. We're outside by the door of the kindergarten and I'm talking in Greek, defending my case and defending, you know, my point of view and saying, what, what are you doing? So what, are you sending kids home just because they sneeze once? You know, because that's the protocol. I mean, you know this bullshit. This kid has nothing. My kid has nothing, you know? So, so what's the deal here? Are you gonna tell me that you're gonna run a kindergarten without kids that they, they're not coughing? Nobody's coughing? You gotta be taking the piss, man. In the winter time, in autumn now, now that the weather's changing, you're telling me that you have 30 kids in there and nobody's coughing? Nobody has a little bit of a runny nose? Nobody's clearing their, their throat like this? Like, <clears throat> if you do that, <sighs> sirens and alarms go off, you know? I mean, come on, man. What world do we live in? So I gave this lady a little bit of a piece of what I thought was what I wanted to communicate. My wife felt super embarrassed, of course. She will feel more embarrassed that I'm telling this story on a podcast. I don't care, man. I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm doing what I think is right, okay? And, and I have something to say. And when you have something to say, you need to say it. And, and with my kids, I feel so sometimes that I want to defend them. I want to as well provide for them. There's certain things I cannot do. I can't change the educational system like this. I can't change their mind. I'm not looking for that. But all I was looking for from this lady was like, listen, I know this is bullshit, all right? But this is what we need to do, okay? But when I don't hear that and I just hear this robotic, you know, public service uh, announcement from a person that is jaded, that is just waiting to retire, you know, to take their pension next year and, and show no love or no affection towards us, the parents, you know, like, hey, listen, I understand. That's all you need to say, you know? We know that this is bullshit, but this is what I need to do. How about if you, you know, I can see, and, and we're, listen, man, we're talking like for 15 minutes straight, all right? With my daughter, you know, next to us, my wife with her elbow kicking me like, shut up, shut up, just go. And I asked the lady, have you heard her cough since we've been here? We're talking here for hours, you know, for what it seems to be like hours now. And she hasn't coughed. She hasn't sneezed. She has no buggies running down her nose. Nothing. Have you heard her cough? You know, we've been here now for 15, 20 minutes talking about your policies and your stuff that you've been handed down by a government and that you're nobody, you know, you just have to follow rules. And it's like... No, she's not coughing. Exactly, she's not coughing. There's nothing wrong with a kid, man. You know? And I'm sure there's nothing wrong with other kids, and you're telling me that you just sent home other three kids because probably they just, I don't know, they farted, and that's a, a public concern for health. And I'm not taking the piss here, man, okay? I respect public uh, healthy and, and health and safety rules here. I have kids, I have a family. My grandmother is fucking 98 years old, you know? So, so people that are really old, you know, and I respect this, cover yourself, fucking vaccinated. Vaccines, mask, whatever it takes, take care of the kids, take care of this, take care of that. I'm the first one. You know, I work from home, so I do my bit. I don't go out. I follow the rules and regulations, okay? The same with my kids. 
my 11 year old daughter as well same shit you know follow the, the rules put the mask put this but there there is some something that's being something that is just beyond ridiculous you know it's just beyond so we pick up melina go home i feel already fired up but i felt good okay my wife then gives me a little bit of a i told you to shut up you shouldn't and i said like, listen we need to act in a different way okay it's kind of like a bad cop good cop kind of thing you're more civilized you're a mother you're mother nature you're in tune with that i'm the father i'm the one who's going to go a little bit more and that's perfectly fine that's my role okay and they need to know that fuck me man you know just don't don't think i'm an idiot you know i know what's going on you're following rules you're just a, a kindergarten that is a lovely place I'm not saying that there's not run by, by lovely people, but don't tell me that you're not jaded. Don't tell me that you are in, in a different place as well. They're just like, get rid of this kid, get rid of the other one. You know, we need to follow protocol. And it's something that is so subjective that it's like how easy it is to just have a three-year-old kid cough or have a sneeze and then say, whoop, that's it. Send them home. There's they post a danger to the rest of the class. The whole class is going to get ill. Anyways, man, so that was that. And we took Melina out of the school and we came home. And, and that's that, you know, and yes, I feel overwhelmed. At this point, man, I have already recorded my vlog. I have already started doing my music track that we're finishing, actually, a project that I'm working on. But my, my podcast episode was still hanging. And obviously, I'm not in the, <laughs> the frame of mind to record the episode at that very moment. And now Melina's home. And she's perfectly fine, by the way. Like, not coughing, not sneezing, nothing. Because, you know, and, and I live with her. <laughs> she's my daughter. So I know that she's perfectly perfectly fine to, to be at school with other kids. You know, no parent in their right mind will send their kids if they feel that for a second they're not feeling okay. Even if they don't have any fever, but if you feel that your kid is just not with it, okay, you, you wouldn't send it. So me and my wife, we're like that, you know, we're not going to send our kid if we feel that she's, she's not 100% ready to go to school, you know. And the worst part that breaks my heart is that she wants to go to school. You know, when she's at home, she's like, I can't wait to go to school. I want to go and play with Adonis. Adonis is one of his friends. And I want to play with his kid. I want to, she eats all her food over there as well, you know. Uh, even the pediatrician that went to the school as well, she she remembers Melina from, from the previous school because she was in another kindergarten uh, for smaller kids. And I, I'm like, oh, I remember Melina from from the other school. You know, she's always smiling. She's perfect. You know, she, she obeys. Like, okay, you know, let me check her without crying and anything. So I know that my kid is fine, you know. She's been checked and, and everything is fine, but it's just... How quickly we, if we're in the wrong vibration, like I was this morning, even though I've done my work, I've done my, when I say my work, my, my mental work, all right? I'm vibrating at a low frequency with this headmaster of the kindergarten. I, and I tune in very quickly, man. And she obviously tuned in as well very quickly. We were both at it. And she's like giving me her lecture about the law and regulations of things, which again, they're debatable. We can actually talk about it and say, well, you know that this kid can be here for the rest of the day and it wouldn't be a problem, you know? And instead you're telling me about this and that and whatever. And I was just fighting my case, you know? And I was in tune with this lady, low vibration. 
So it's very important to, to not let these things happen as well on, on another hand and another note. Because I'm in such a good higher vibration, rate of vibra vibration that I shouldn't be in tune with this. Because I know better, man. You know, I know better than, than this. But then when it comes to my kids and my family, I feel like this, oh, you know, like I, I can't just be like, oh, yeah, pick up my kid and let my wife say a few polite words and off you go. No, man, I can't let it go like just like that. You know, but I'm just using this, uh, what happened this morning as an example. You know, yes, I feel overwhelmed. My day goes on, on overwhelm. Then I... After, after this encounter with this lady and being in tune with that negativity and that, you know, I'm just following what the government says and we're public service. I mean, this is all coming from her as well. This is what people in the public service here in Greece at the end will tell you once you confront them with like, you know, it's bullshit, man. You, we need, this needs to be like this. I'm not telling you to get out of your way to perform your services. I'm actually just expecting from you to say something different. You know, I know that it's not going to accomplish what I need to be accomplished, but at least say it. You know, just say, yes, I understand, you know. But you don't get that. And again, if you're listening to this and you're Greek or have any connection with Greece whatsoever, understand that I am the first one to talk good about Greece. And I love Greece. My wife is Greece. Is Greece. My wife is Greek. And, and like Tom Hanks says that he's married to a Greek, I am more Greek than Greeks. And I, and, I, and I consider myself like that. I consider myself more Greek than the Greeks, okay? Because I love Greece and I love uh, everything about Greece, you know? So I, I don't go around saying bad things about uh, Greeks or the system or, or the government or public uh, servants, but like anywhere in the world, we all know that things don't uh, operate the way they should. And when it comes down to public services, when it comes down to certain things, we know that people uh, or at least here in Greece, I'm only going to talk about Greece so I don't get in trouble with you guys if you live somewhere else because I have lived in many countries, man. I lived in the UK, I lived in America, I lived in Venezuela, I lived in Canada. So I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to make enemies all around the world talking about uh, public services in different countries. But at least here in Greece, they just throw that thing at you and just say like, well, I'm just a public servant. And because they, they, it's almost impossible for them to get fired, they can just get away with murder, okay? From the school teachers, from people in the public services, from, from anything, man, that you can talk, you know, it's just, it's just not going to happen. So there's a big problem here when it comes down to mindset and people that work in the public services, the public sector, it's, it's really because they know that the public sector is where, where you find according to them, their secure ticket to, to a pension and to do less than you can possibly do as, as a worker and still get paid and just, you know, uh, surf your way around your life like that as a public service uh, provider, as a public worker and exercise your rights and, you know, protest and all of this. And, and there's a horrible mindset to be. And like my wife said, like, well, you got to be ready because there's still many years ahead of you of dealing with teachers and stuff. And we know this because we've been with uh, Fedra. She's 11 years old, like I said. And uh, she's been blessed enough to be to have a, a couple of good teachers throughout her education. And my wife was a teacher, by the way. My wife was a teacher in England, okay? 
So I know a thing or two about a teacher's experience and, and I have many friends, by the way, in England that they're teachers. So I understand the frustration of being in that situation, uh, but you, we have a responsibility. We all have a responsibility to bring the best that we can bring to the table when it comes down to either you're a teacher, a public service uh, provider of any, either you're cleaning the street. If you're cleaning the streets, man, you need to do it better than you can possibly uh, do that job, okay? If you're cleaning the streets for a living, clean it well, man. Do it with, okay, this is what I'm doing, you know? It needs to be done with, with, with all you have, okay? You need to. I do believe in that. You need to do whatever you're doing. You need to do it and be honest about it and say, even if this is something that is temporarily, you know, you're overwhelmed by it. Just be honest to yourself and really say, okay, am I doing the best that I can possibly do here? Am I going the extra mile? Forget the extra mile. Like I say, just go all the way, like just beyond. But people are not willing to do that. People are not willing to do more. And what they're paid for, okay? And I got a lot of complaints from composers and musicians and producers who say, like, oh, is this worth it? Well, you need to be willing to do more today without guarantees, okay? And there's gonna be days that you're gonna feel a little bit overwhelmed. Some days it won't make any sense. Things will not go right. Sales will not be the way you want them. You might experience something like I did, which was no sales for a whole year. And I don't know, you know, are, are, are you built for that? But one thing is for sure, I'm giving it everything that I have within me, you know, and I'm not giving excuses that that's why the market is like this. That's why I have no sales. That's why I'm not making, uh, you know, the amount of, of music because I don't have time because I have kids and they're always at home uh, because of COVID or whatever excuse I might find. You see what I'm going with this? And now I'm, I'm, I'm this miserable because the weather has changed and I can't do this and my knee hurts or, or, or whatever, or the market now uh, has closed their, their doors for me to join or this library rejected me. You know, we're, we can all find ex excuses and, and have a, a point of view and be in that lower uh, rate of vib vibration, which is what I was talking about. And, and then you connect with a negativity, like I did, connect with negativity with this lady. I mean, this, like I said, I just wasn't so in tune with this lady that it's just, uh, it was almost funny to, it was like an out, uh, out of body experience for me. And, you know, I've been there. I was just, <laughs> I was just uh, in vibration with the wrong, frequency and and it's very important to acknowledge that i knew that that was what was happening and i knew as well how to get out of that bad vibration immediately as soon as i left the kindergarten and you know uh, it's just one of those things really uh but if you're not aware of it you can just stay in there for forever and your whole day can be consumed by just being in a low vibration you know, what, why do you think that the news and the media do such a good job? It's all the time, breaking news, breaking news, and there's news in the morning, news in the evening, news in the afternoon, in between, uh, buy this, buy that. You know, you're just bombarded with all this negativity, and the world's coming to an end. You know, the reason why they do that is because they want to keep you 
at that low vibration, that low frequency, so you can be afraid. And I'm not trying to be here conspiracy theorist about anything. I'm just saying that this is something that is sells fear sells that's it you know in the media you won't hear about a success story on the news tonight about something you know <laughs> you won't it's just not going to happen you need to seek the information you need to seek the proper mentors you need to seek the right uh, group of people to be around you need to really bypass the media what tim ferris calls uh the low information diet and just, you know, there's certain things that you cannot, you don't need to know, you know, and, and how can you make a, a better impact in the world? You know, my impact in the world is first my family. I want my daughters to learn. And, and I'm teaching them about this, about, you know, I mean, not going back to the system or anything, but here in Greece, for example, on Monday, I'm doing this on Wednesday, but this Monday there was a, a, a strike of teachers. <laughs> So my daughter Fedra didn't have school on Monday, and now it's Wednesday, and now Melina's been sent home because she she sneezed once or something. So the teachers go on strike here, and obviously my daughter Fedra has to come back home. And they're striking because they don't want to be. They they don't want there's this, this uh, thing going on in schools here in Greece, for example. There's no. Um, like a, an entity that goes and checks the school, like revision. For example, in, in England, it, it exists. Uh, in England, uh, schools get, uh, and I'm not going to get too deeper into this, but, you know, they, there's people that go to schools and they check the teachers if they're doing a right job and they do a report and then the schools get like ratings and stuff like that. So that's what you hear in England. And, and I know this because, like I said, I, I lived in England and even though my, my kids didn't go to the educational system in, in, in England, in the UK, uh, my, my wife used to be a teacher. And I have many friends, again, that there are teachers in England. So, but here in Greece, this doesn't exist. So teachers can just do whatever they want, you know. The school is just run with whatever. Yes, they have uh, problems like any school, like in any public service and anything. But they're refusing to be checked, meaning that, you know, they don't want to be checked. They don't want to be see if they're doing what they need to do right in order to get ratings, in order to get sponsorships, in order to be competitive. And it's like what my wife was saying, like this is what, what happens in other countries, you know? They need to be put to the test. They need to be tested. Somebody needs to go and check if they're doing a right job. And how can they improve on them so they can say, yeah, this school is really good. That other school is shit. At the moment, all schools are what they are. <laughs> You know, and it's up to you to decide if there's shit or not. But if there's no competitive uh, thing in a good way to say, hey, I want to be better. I want to provide better services. Then uh, that's, what, that's the reason why they're striking. So you see where I'm going here with this mindset of trying to do less. Uh, try not to, you know, for certainly do less than what you're paid for. And just don't blame it on me. This is the response I have gotten from many uh, here in the public service, and I'm sure it's, it's everywhere across the board the same thing. I'm not even going to talk about Venezuela. But it's that mindset of like, I'm only here to do this job, and there's nothing I can do about it. Well, you're part of the problem as well. You know, it's like, it's like, it's like watching uh, rubbish or, or trash, depending on where you live, 
on the floor and say, I'm just gonna throw my rubbish or my trash on the floor because there's more around. It's the same mentality, man, you know? Or I'm just gonna do a shit job because everybody does it, so I might as well keep it like that. I don't wanna change anything, or at least I don't even wanna change my life, you know? Certainly I'm not thinking outside of my own world. I'm just here to provide this service, and this is what I have, and yeah. You know, the system is overwhelmed. That's as well something that we hear a lot. Underfunded and all of this. Yes, man, welcome to the real world. This is how it is. It's hard. That's what I tell my kids. It's hard, man. You need to be toughened up. You need to be educated. You need to, hopefully, I'm providing something good for them. And for anybody who wants to be around me, hopefully they can get a sense of increase. If you're listening to this, hopefully when you, when you turn this off or something, you do something. Do a little bit more than what you're paid for. You know, it will make you feel better, man. It will make you feel like you're doing something for yourself and for society. I'm doing my bit on this side of the world, in this little corner of my living room, making my music, providing for my family, trying to help others, educate others, creating content online. That's a way as well that I feel that I'm contributing, even by doing this podcast like this, that you have heard me many times, you know. I do this because I want to do it, man, you know. What's the end game here? Well, I want to leave a positive footprint online in an audio format, right? That's the bottom line. Something that can be found later on by somebody and say, I'm listening to this guy over there in Greece talking in the beach about some randomness, which all now makes sense because he's connecting the things together, hopefully to make sense, you know? So I'm doing that bit. So... I think it's very important for us to go a little bit further of what we're capable of. If you think you're giving enough, and I, and I made a post about this on Instagram, you're operating at 40%. There's this a study and this mentality that when you think that you have done your 100%, you know, you're actually operating at 40% of what you're capable of. And there's studies as well about the, the, the brain, the, the mind, the potential that you're operating at 10%. Some studies say that you're actually operating your brain, that the capacity of power that you have with your brain is like we're using only like 5%. The rest is nonsense. The rest we're just preoccupied with, with nonsense, you know, with just rubbish that has been dumping our brains. So think about that, man. Use your brains to think in a positive way. Use your brains for something good, you know? I get so fired up by this, and I'm trying to control myself because I have people around here. And I have headphones, I don't know if they're listening. <laughs> I don't have a lot of people here, but, you know. Uh, I live in a place where there's a lot of tourists as well. So, maybe they go back to Germany or wherever they come from. <laughs> and they actually said, I went to the beach, you won't believe what happened to me. There was this crazy guy talking to a microphone, talking about the public services in Greece and talking about music licensing in the same sentence. So I don't know how that makes any sense. And maybe it doesn't make any sense, you know? Maybe it doesn't make any sense. I don't know, man. This is this has been quite uh, an episode. And, and really, I do feel that 
you know, we, we could all make a difference. I know this might sound a little bit uh, philosophical and, and a little bit, uh, how can I say this? Maybe a little bit weird, um, but I do believe, man. I mean, I still have, I, I do believe the people in general, that's just to close this up in a positive note. I do believe that people are, are good, okay? I do believe that people are good in, in general. Just taking a quick selfie, put it on the gram so you can go and check out where I was recording this episode. I do believe that people are good. Just the problem is the mentality and how we, we just want to blame something else. Like the lady this morning blaming the system that because she's following some rules. And fair enough. Fair enough you're following some rules, but we both know that those rules don't don't really apply on a day like today. Certainly they don't, you know. I mean how far are you gonna take get away with applying certain things by just saying, I've just been doing all these years what I've been told and you're not willing to put in something that comes from within and say I can change something by doing this differently today. Even if I'm following the rules, you can still do them slightly different and still play by the rules and still do something different and still give something positive back instead of just following a script and be like a robot. You know? I mean, come on, man. We're creative beings, you know? We can, the world can change. We can make it change as well. You know? Anyways, I hope this episode makes some sense to you. It's an overwhelmed date for me, but I'm really happy now that I have finished uh, this episode. Uh, and it was gonna be done regardless of what will be happening in my world. That's my point. Uh, whatever has happened today, it was not gonna stop me by completing my episode. It wasn't gonna stop me from from doing what I needed to do. It wasn't gonna stop me from, from getting this message out because for me, even though it's a hard day today, uh, it's one of those days that you can easily have said, like, you know what, I'm not going to do it. I'm not in the mood or I don't want to talk about this or I want to take it easy. You know, I have too much already on my plate. Fuck that, man. You know, the more things I have on my plate, the better. The more I can perform, the better. The more I can give more value, the better. Nobody's going to give it to me. Nobody's going to say to you, hey, you want to do this now? Here's the f- some free time. Hey, all the lights are green now. You, you, you can go. The lights will never be green. All the lights will never be green in life in order for you to move forward. Okay, this is another uh, quote from uh, Tim Ferriss as well. And it's true, man. The light, whenever I have done something important in my life, anything, either it's with music or with my family, my relationships, day jobs and stuff, nothing was open for me. Nothing. And I'm sure it's the same for you. At some point in your life, you've realized that you just went forward anyways. You see? And you just bend the rules. Not breaking the law, but like Arnold Schwarzenegger says, Arnie, good old Arnie, break some rules, you know? Not the law, but break some rules. All right? Whatever that means. And and just go forward, man. And the lights will never be green. Not all of those lights will never be green in your life. So to say, now you can go and embark on your dreams. Now you can go and do your music. 
you know nobody's gonna ask are you feeling pumped up right now now's the time to go check out you have all this free time and you have all of these resources at, uh, available to you this will never happen trust me take action now do more than what you get paid for okay and go in a positive mindset and don't go on a low vibration like I did this morning to be in tune with you know negativity again if you don't believe these things put it into practice and watch yourself how you attract negativity to your world how negativity is around us and you better be in tune with something else okay you better hopefully this podcast can help you do that I love you all very much thank you for listening to this podcast Thank you so much for all the love and support. I'll see you in another episode. I hope you're having a, I hope you're having a great day. I'm feeling overwhelmed here. I can't even finish my own episode. I love you all very much. I'm not editing this podcast, by the way. Even though I can't even pronounce or speak English as I'm finishing this. I'm going to leave it as raw as possible so you can see what an overwhelmed podcaster <laughs> talks about when he's having an overwhelmed day. I love you all very much. Rock and roll and here's to your success.